testosterone. The only reason I do steroids is because I'm obsessed with Arnold and I really want a mustache, but it's just not, it's not working for me. Got to get your mustache. You need to work on maybe taking some, you know, Manafadil or something like that. You know, you're looking like puny. <laughs> <laughs> That was Tim giving his Arnold impression. And if you don't know Tim, you're about to get ready to know him and Jennifer Jelly Crawford. That's Tim Trueheart, by the way. The host of the Jelly Vision podcast. If you haven't heard it, you have got to check it out. I love it. <laughs> These two compliment me so well in a conversation. The three of us are off the chains. Crazy, wild. We get into so many different things. They have all these amazing, creative, weird guests on their show. I try to do the same thing. We target uh, creative development, inspiration, but we get into some serious life stuff here. Like, really do. Struggles that we've had through this process. We get into some addictions and how we've recovered from it, how we've been able to develop personally, mentally, and we get into a little bit of Arnold, as you were just hearing, and you know how much I love Arnold. Uh, this is a really long interview because it's awesome. Like I couldn't stop it. I, I, I could have made it into three different episodes, uh, but it is an hour and a half of pure bliss. It's hilarious. These two are comedians. Uh, they make me laugh the whole time. I hope that I can contribute in some way. But seriously, suck your thumbs, pick your nose, pick your boogers, wipe them on the people next to you, fist pump, smile. This interview should pick you up and you should learn a lot as well. So here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that bee. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity stickity riggity diggity bead. Yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. get on with your bad selves. Yeah. You're yeah. done dressing up. I don't know. I feel like you could put on a few more accessories yeah. for Take us. Take that to the phone party. Jelly be nimble. Jelly be quick. Jelly jumped right over that candle. Sticky stick so hot, but she ain't melting. She ain't never getting off. Jenny Jetty. Jenny Jelly here to tell you how to conquer that beanstalk. With Tim Trueheart diggity dominating that vision. To the wiggity wackity interviews with random admissions. Binding wild and crazy ballers all over the world. Jenny and Tim are here bringing the heat to the meat on this plate called life. They are random. They are super smart. And they co-host the Jelly Vision podcast. We just broke a pre-chat record of over 33 minutes. A skid-a-ma-rinkity-dinkity-dink. A skid-a-ma-rinkity-doo-hoo. Jenny Jelly and Tim Trueheart. Yoo-hoo. Are the entrepreneurs now what is going on? Yo, I think we just got a brand new um, open show opening. <laughs> <laughs> I want to. Did you just? Do you make that up? Is it written down anywhere, or is that complete freestyle? The, the, the Jenny Jelly part at the beginning, I wrote down. 
What about the, I mean, the, the all of it though? What was? What oh no, no, I I transition like usually it's just off the wall. I mean, the skidamarinkity dinkity dink part I usually do on every episode. So yeah, I'm familiar with that. I actually have an extensive rap career that dates back to middle school. That makes sense because I. I literally thought I was listening to Eminem in Detroit at the Rap Olympics. I really did. Well, I'm really, you know, I'm really happy that you didn't let that rap career go to waste. I think a lot of eighth graders leave their rap careers like on the floor of the oh, middle school. Man. You all should have seen. One time I went to a bowling alley. This is a true story. And it was like, I don't know, freshman year in college. And there was this just ridiculous rap song that I did in high school. And I had a MySpace page, you know, and like the whole and I had an album out and it was just all about like <laughs> nasty, like, uh, you know, terrible early high school boy stuff, like defecation and just True. awful stuff. And <laughs> like I had deleted the website because my mom like sent me this message. It was like, <laughs> I cannot believe you. I didn't raise you like this. So like, I took the website down, but like three years later, I'm at this bowling alley and there's like this 40 year old man bowling next to me and he's just rapping one of those songs. No way. And I, Your stuff. Yeah. And I go, I go, what are you, what are you singing? He goes, oh man. Cause like he, it was, I went by gold teeth. He goes, that's that gold teeth. <laughs> and I just started cracking up laughing. Cause I mean, yeah, like through the group of friends and it got, you know, there was, well, I don't know, 15, 20,000 plays on MySpace, but that's back then, you know. Who knows what that means? You know, it could have been the That's same thing. That's Dane status right there. There's probably some island nation somewhere that is like idolizes you, and then you're gonna you're gonna stumble upon it in one of your travels, and you're gonna walk in, and they're gonna be just bow to you, and you're gonna be their god. Oh, it's ridiculous. In the future, when aliens come back and they look upon our culture, they will find one of your one of your CDs that was burned on a CDR, and they yeah. will that will be. A testament to humanity i hope you got into like a time capsule or something oh there there still exists some files uh, there definitely <laughs> exists some files <laughs> let me get that gold teeth. let me get that gold teeth, son i'm gonna have to send you all some new age tracks and then and then uh maybe when you're ready some of the old ones <laughs> <laughs> oh we're ready we're ready now <laughs> if i play like i always i'm gonna i'm gonna literally so i'm i'm doing a new uh, segment so uh, as I do more like nomad stuff, um, I've become the pants down nomad and taking pictures, literally all the destinations I go with my pants down, uh, around my ankles and the landscape in the background. <laughs> and I'm definitely highly considering doing some just ridiculous audio freestyle lessons of life every once in a while. Dude, I, I think that's awesome. It can't hurt. Can so are you, help. are you going, are you going commando? Are you, are you rocking boxers? Are you are doing briefs? Are I think I'm going to mix it up and just carry a couple different types with me, you know, so that you can just, it's got no to say pants down, no man on. I'm trying to get some made before we go to Thailand here shortly. So. <laughs> she says she wants to see tan lines. I don't, I'm too white to have tan lines, but I'm probably going to have red. Like it'll be red. It'll be super red out there. It's 100 degrees, and, you know, I'm from German and Irish blood, so I'm pale as they come. Yeah, me too. But this isn't about me. Don't you turn this around on me. I'm turning it around on she you. Does. She does. She's so curious. She can't have anything be about her. Listen, you guys do the Jellyvision podcast. It's amazing. Um, I highly suggest everybody check that out. I know you do. Mm -hmm. it's, it's through Podbean. You don't actually have a standalone, like, Jellyvision podcast 
dot com or anything to you, or is it just the Podbean site? We do. We have a, a Jellyvision Show Podcast dot com, and we're on Stitcher and iTunes and Podbean and Podbean. Oh, yeah. oh many put places. all those in the show notes at artsynow.com forward slash Jelly or Jellyvision, whichever one you all prefer. Whatever you prefer. We're not picky people. We just want it to be easy for people to access so they can get a load of what we do. We don't want your fingers to get tired typing our name. (laughs) (laughs) You guys, so you all bring in people to your studio. Uh, You're up there in Virginia area. (laughs) There's a painting painting of you sitting behind you. It's to to remind everybody who's in charge. She's the matriarch. <laughs> I, I hate that word because it makes you sound like you're 80. And it was not my choice to put a painting of myself in my house. <laughs> well, you know, you all are completely random, completely hilarious. That's why I wanted you to come on the show. I can relate. <laughs> it's so much fun to have broken, ridiculous conversations about freestyles and nipple clips and whatever else we talked about in the pre-chat. Lady boys in Thailand. Um Come on, help me out. We had we had a kickboxing, a- yeah, Macau gambling, yeah, yeah, Star Wars, Star Trek, Star um, drumming, yeah, drumming, and none everything. of that relates to anything, yeah. But so, it relates to everything. <laughs> everything, yes. We, <laughs> everything we, oh, and visualization. We got into some good talk about visualization. Yeah. We Love can get into that again. Yeah. Um, so you're random. You're hilarious. I, I think that all the creative people that listen to this will truly appreciate the nature of your personalities. Can't talk without laughing. Uh, how? So how did you two meet? I'm curious with that because I've listened to the show. I, I haven't heard that kind of in-depth information. What's the story behind how this got started? You've been doing it a while. Yeah, we uh, uh, we just celebrated our five-year anniversary. Damn, that's a long time. Damn. I know it's so. That long. means it's something good, right? If you, if it lasts that long, we're just uh, you know very committed, stubborn people. We keep waiting for it to get good. We're like maybe year six is our year, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like one of those marriages. Oh, there you go. Where yes. they stay together yes. for the kids. It's like that. <laughs> I think I saw your nipple. And um, are you one of those people with three nipples? Are you like Mark Wahlberg? Uh, oh man, <laughs> Marky Mark is a hunk, though. He can have as many nipples as he wants. Oh, just makes him sure. Better, right? <laughs> we met uh we met at a place that i used to own called the soundry which was an arts uh incubator space i took like this old auto body shop and uh invested my life savings to turn it into an an indie art space coffee shop communal workspace for visual artists we had a stage we could do it was like a creative mecca we could do whatever we wanted nobody like paid attention to what we were doing so it was just festering with all sorts of creative things. And Tim came in and I was trying to introduce some improv to the space because it was the one thing like we had musicians and artists and actors and actresses and dancers and everything you can imagine. But I was like, oh, we're missing this. Uh, we're missing improv. And so he answered an ad and he also came in uh, as an artist because he's a ceramics artist. And we got to talking, and he led this uh, this first improv practice. Uh, it was like a practice group. Like yeah, a- just open. It was just open. Mm-hmm. And nobody showed up but one person. And so I felt like I had to be there for, like, another warm body. And then – and I had no intention of doing improv. I, have no, I had no intention of stepping one foot on a stage. I'm an introvert. I'm a little shy. And – 
but I kept having to like kind of fill that space. And then before I knew it, I was enjoying it. And that, you know, our improv troupe is also five years old. So it was all kind of, it all happened at the same time. It's all because of me. Um, you know, I came in and I changed her life. And uh, that's pretty much it. I'm a catalyst. I'm a conduit. I don't know what happened. Well, the, and the, the podcast <laughs> happened because the, the whole uh, purpose of the space was to give these artists, these indie underground artists that were creating all these amazing things, uh, some exposure, some public exposure. So I thought, well, let's, why not use the internet, the free internet to, um, to do a show and we can interview these creatives. And, you know, even if five people listen it's five more people that don't have to actually come to the space to discover them. And anyway, the Soundry lasted for about four years before I completely ran out of money and the landlord completely ran out of patience with me and we, <laughs> we lost the business. And I, but I kept, I was like, I've got to walk away with something. I've lost my shirt. So I was like, I'm walking away with this podcast. <laughs> so we moved it to my house and just kept going and we sort of, uh, we kept the focus on creatives, but we really started uh, emphasizing, you know, the the create, creative entrepreneurialism because I, I really believe so strongly that creatives are entrepreneurs. They just don't necessarily realize it yet. But if they go into it with a, a business mind, they have the, the potential to actually make a living doing what they love doing. So... That's, That's awesome. what we talked so about. So you all were doing improv and you actually had, so did you ever, you, you just let people come in and do any type of creative activity? Did you ever do like, it, to get to the point where people like could have like their art showings and stuff there or anything? Yeah, yeah. we did tons of art shows. We did art, we, yeah, we did everything you could imagine. It was sort of run like a, a gym. So artists had a membership. It was, it was very affordable. And the membership gave them an opportunity to work in the collaborative space and also we did, you know, we put on art shows for them. They could sell their artwork there. And they, be, you know, the artists became kind of the rock stars of the space. People like they, they started getting a following and the community came in and could see them creating and would get really excited about the process. And so we, yeah, we, we did what we set out to do. We just didn't make money fast enough. There was this really cool thing uh, that was uh, monthly, and it was called Art Carnage. Art Carnage. And that was like, you know, uh, Saturday night during the uh, the month, one weekend, and all these artists would, uh, all, a lot of performing artists, a lot of uh, visual artists would get together, and they would just have this really badass show. And uh, It was very cool. Yeah, yeah, I would help host that, too. That that show was, was really cool. And um, you know what? When I first met Jen, I was so afraid of her. I really was a, was scared of her, and uh, you know, because every day I would see her, she'd be like, "Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about the Jellyvision show," and I'm like, "Oh, we're we're canceling it. We're gonna quit. We're gonna quit." Or uh, she'd be like, "I want to talk about the improv show," and I'm like, oh, "We're gonna quit. We're gonna cancel." I was I was afraid that you were gonna fire me the whole time. <laughs> even now, even now, I'm like, uh, uh, "I'm so intimidating." You could probably tell I'm very intimidating. She is a she's a visionary. That's the reason why I think she calls it the Jellyvision show. She's not going to agree with that, but honestly, like uh, she has ideas, and then she she makes them happen, you know. And uh, I enjoy helping her along with those things. I'm kind of creative myself. So, do you think that it was a it was a lot to do with just not being able to get enough people in there to sustain like a momentum flowing through? Because I mean, I I feel like there needs to be way more areas like that, and you see oh. some of them that that make that make it, I guess, maybe sustain a little bit longer. A lot of them don't last anywhere near as long as you had yours open. They, yeah, they open they and then they close immediately. 
Yeah, really good observation. Yeah, you're right. Definitely these spaces need to exist. And we had a really good following. I did. A, I made a couple mis made more than a couple mistakes. You know, I'd never done a brick and mortar. I'd had businesses before, but a brick and mortar is a whole different animal. And there's no manual to tell you how to build out a space. And so, and the it was this was in 2008 at the end of 2008, and we the economy no, the whole mortgage it collapsed, and that it was like right when we were in the process of getting a business loan. And we had like pre-approval for a business loan and all of a sudden it got pulled and we didn't understand why. So we had like, but that's not an excuse. We, we adjusted, but yeah, our revenue was going up, but it was actually like, if you looked at it on a chart, it looks pretty good, but our expenses were just, you know, it cost so much money to keep that damn building open. And I just, you know, I ran out of like, I couldn't self-funded anymore. So I was Sewers. like, Liquor license. Liquor license. I didn't have. I didn't sell liquor because in Virginia it's really hard to get an ABC license, and the little the town in Vienna, Virginia, did not want us to have one. So we were. We had a coffee shop, and so you know, it did okay, but it wasn't bringing in but coffee it, and liquor together can do amazing things. We would have been rich. Oh we yeah, would have been magic. Rich. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh god. Yeah. We had a lot of successes. We had a lot of great events, like. We, we, we developed a community that still exists today. There are artists and musicians and the Soundry's kind of become legendary. Like if you go to an art show around here, there are people there that like met each other at the Soundry, had their first art show at the Soundry. And so there's like this, uh, if you were part of the Soundry, you're part of like a really special, like almost like a cult. It's pretty, pretty funny. <laughs> it was cool. She, um, you, you know, you were doing the Soundry, and then you started to um, produce, like, even uh, other things. Like, there was this place uh, – there's a still, still a place called Epicure Cafe. So the Soundry had an open mic night, like a stand-up comedy open mic. Nice. So then that grew into um, an open mic night in another location. And honestly, like, this Epicure Cafe, it's another really cool spot that's good for creative artists in uh, northern Virginia, Fairfax County. And uh, people there, they have art shows, and that is – a clearly a place where people talk about like uh yeah no i was i've been around since the soundry and you can hear this in another art venue <laughs> yeah and they'll be like i like because i uh, i used to host the epicure open mic that was from the soundry um uh, a soundry production now epicure's in a new spot so when i go to the, like this new open mic i don't host it anymore but people will be like oh no he used to be the old host at epicure and like you know people like remember that stuff so despite, yeah. it, really cool. despite it being gone physically, it lives on. It, it lives does. on. It does. Yeah. It lives on. In a, you in started a, a whole a whole momentum roll there. Yeah, yeah. It really yeah. created a lot of connections with a lot of people, and Jelly Vision helps because it really continues to like help us branch out and create those connections with other creative people, like within within our uh, you know DC area. And beyond, like, look at this. We're we're talking to you. You're yeah. in Kentucky. Did you did you ever? And, and I do the same thing. Like I I try to connect, create these. I try to push those creatives that you all are talking about into doing entrepreneurial things, just like you're you are doing. Yeah. Um, did you all ever like bring education into it with? Because like there's a there's a place here called Awesome Inc. And it's not it's not geared towards creative entrepreneurs, but it's more geared towards straight entrepreneurs, but they do a lot of the same types of things. You know, they, they allow all these different opportunities, um, events to take place there. Uh, they use their space for, I mean, a million different things, but then what they also do is bring in 
younger kids, uh, kids from middle school, elementary school. They run classes. They teach them how to do some of these things that they can grow up and do those things for a living. Um, I was just wondering if you ever, if you ever did any of that. Yeah, I haven't done anything so much with like the younger, uh, like with kids. I have started like I started writing a, a course about you know being an entrepreneur about you know all the steps of like nice term a business like either just like the little, <laughs> yeah <Right? laughs> just like little practical stuff and I started writing it like as a blog post and then it, I was like oh this is way too long and then I realized you know you, sometimes you don't know how much you know until you start writing it down I know, right? <laughs> I, oh my god I have a book I have a course I have a book I, I have a webinar whatever so it's something that's like a work in progress I'm still working on because you're right I think a lot of it is just education people don't know um, they don't know how to do it. They don't even know the simple like step of just uh, that they need to open a business bank account or they need to get an EIN number or they need to get a business license and insurance. Like just the little, I mean, those simple, practical, boring things. Yeah. But it's really important to, It's a re- those, those steps are really important to start taking yourself seriously as a business person. Yeah, I have- and on the other side, I'm sorry, uh, on the other side of that, like when you talk about education, if you have a place that like like the Soundry or anybody that's building anything, if you want to make money, a lot of the times you want to create a situation where they can have classes like that so that you can, you know, people will do anything for their kids. So if you can offer yeah. some kind of spring break, summer camp, winter holiday camp. Liquor. Li- li- <laughs> they li- need li- to learn how to drink early. Yeah. yeah. No <laughs> alcohol until after you eat your dinner. You can't have any beer if you don't eat your meat, you know. <laughs> But even paint like a watercolor class for like old folks too. Like if you have that in there, you know what? You've got some revenue coming in consistently and people are going to sign up for this class and that class. And um, that is a way that people make money, you know, and uh, it can't be overlooked. So you educate people on how to do it themselves and then educate people on the art itself. I think they're both, they go hand in hand. Yeah, I think that was the principle running behind the Entrepreneur Now Foundation, which is something I'm in the middle of, of getting off the ground. And that is literally... The same sort of thing, but on the go, uh, going to places. And if I use you as, as an example, I would come to you all, find out what you're good at, which is obviously teaching this kind of whole atmosphere from the ground up, uh, not just one particular niche. But I do talk to some people, say like maybe one person's a cello player or somewhere else. I got somebody who's a, a, a painter, right? That's a pretty common artist description right, sure. or photography yeah. or any of those types of things or, or Todd Schloining from shark.com. That guy's amazing. Like he, he creates t- He takes your old t-shirts, puts them into art. Shark.com brands the hell out of it. But taking those types of people and then setting up an event locally, wherever they are located and having these kids come out and learn about that one particular trait or that one particular area of creativity and how that they can use it to benefit their own life if it's not even necessarily that one particular thing. So like how photography can benefit them even if they don't want to be a photographer and things like that. But then also having the parents there in different co-working sort of sessions on the side and having staff members teach them how to introduce this type of activity into their child's life to benefit them long-term for creativity from the ground up. You know, I, I don't know. I, you say you listen to the podcast. Uh, I'm not sure if you knew it or not. I was like an art teacher for about eight years. So this is like right up my alley. And I honestly am. I, I did I'm not trying know that to, you taught art. 
Yeah, no, I got a master's in um in like studio arts and whatnot. And I was an art teacher in Arlington awesome, County. Nice, nice, yeah. So this stuff is um, it's it's like uh, I, I know it really well. I've lived my whole life in this in this way, and um, I'm I'm starting to um, see this bridge between visual and performing arts, and how um, a lot of people they're not just uh, one or the other. Like you yourself are an instrument, and as a person, you need to learn how to master yourself so that then you can really do anything. There's this great quote by. Uh, the uh, samurai master uh, Miyamoto Musashi, he wrote the book of five rings. He says, once you know the way broadly, you can see it in all things. And personally, not you can't necessarily play sports your whole life, but you can do art your whole entire life. And you can use that as a vehicle for growing your human potential, getting to that point, and then growing it further. And I, I think that art, it's... Um, the world would be nothing without it, and, and I think that it, it's all one thing. And art is—it's—it's um, it's saved my life, you know. And it actually was something that like brought Jen to me and whatnot, or brought me to Jen, because I was doing my master's thesis and I needed somewhere to do my art show. Art is life, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's the—it's the root of all. I mean, creativity is the root of everything that we know, especially anything that we can function with, right? In and out. And I think that what you—I mean, when you were talking about that—that that one. Uh, sort of if you master yourself and you start to see these opportunities in one particular form of art, you can use all of that as a building block to master something else. Like you can start applying those principles in different areas, which is why I think like multi-potentialite, like multi-potentiality, being able to do more than one thing like you were talking about with artists, they don't necessarily have to be just involved with one thing. You can you can set your mind in a way that if you master one thing, you can use those principles to to launch you into another one and be way ahead of the game already. Like I'm finding that so fascinating because I'm finding like I'm getting into these grooves where I'll do something really hardcore for like a certain amount of time, but then I want to do something else really hardcore. Yeah. But even though I have no idea about that new thing, whatever I had just done before, even if it doesn't relate to it at all. I know so much more about this new thing because of it, right? Because it's like all developing and mastering yourself. Um, oh, man, that could be like, I could talk about that topic forever, too. Like, it's nuts. Yo, 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 yo. If you like audiobooks, you got to check out Amazon Audible. If you go to artsynow.com forward slash book, you can get yourself a free audiobook. You can sit at home at night. You can listen to your book. You can listen to your book while you're hunting. You can listen to your book while you're driving on the road. You can listen to your book while you're at grandma's house eating Thanksgiving dinner. Any book that you want out there, you can listen to it. OddsyNow.com forward slash book. You get your free 30-day trial and a free audiobook of your choice. I like all the autobiographies from the WWF, the Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage. Check them all out today. Oh, I know. And it's like the more you do, the more like confidence you get in yourself because you've tried something new and you've mastered it, whatever that means to you. I, I started with our improv troupe. One thing that I started getting interested in was writing sketch comedy. 
And it would have been really easy for me to say, well, I'm not a writer. I don't write sketches. But instead, I was like, well, let me just try. And so I just started writing. I didn't know the format. There's like a pop, prop, uh, proper format. I still, to the, you know, this is two years ago. I still don't use the proper format. But I have like 30 sketches that I've written that I'm pretty proud of that have been performed. Some of them have been performed on stage. But I'd never done it before. But now, because I did it, and I was like, oh, I have this tangible thing that I that I just started doing, like just literally typing one word at a time until I had some something on paper, it gave me like more confidence to try something else that I, ha you know, didn't know how to do. And, yeah. you know, work that creative muscle because there's all this mysticism about creativity. And I think that's, you know, it's a huge myth. I think everyone is creative. It's, it's just a matter of like doing the work. Like there's this quote by Andy Warhol and he's like, what's so special about artists? It's just another job. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just doing the work and working whatever that muscle is. And the same with business people. Business people don't think they're creative. Creative people don't think they're business people. But it's just a matter of doing the work either way. It, it really is where you channel yourself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people that are trying to do either one, be an entrepreneur, which let's say that's like, I imagine office sometimes. And these people say, I want to be an artist or I want to bridge that gap. We all want to be successful. And what it takes to be successful is it really is just fostering these healthy habits of mind where you feel like you can get up and you can accomplish something and you, you uh, develop a, a strong sense of self-efficacy, which turns into true self-confidence. And you just have to uh, be consistent and everybody can do it. But, you know, you have to, like Jen said, you have to put one word in front, like, you know, after the next one foot in front of the other like a, a journey of a thousand steps, you do it one, one foot at a time, you know? So you just got to start. And uh, yeah, I think everybody can do it. Yeah. I'm a huge believer. Yeah. Anybody can do anything. Seriously. I mean, pretty much anything. It's just a matter of like trying and focusing and not, you know, not thinking you've got to do it all at once. Like when mm -hmm. they say, how do you eat an elephant? I don't want to eat an elephant, but. Oh, it's, like, isn't it? It's like like how you, how you, how you, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horrible. You wash, I thought it was a wash an elephant. Oh, I'd rather wash the elephant. <laughs> yeah. But I, don't want eat eat the elephant? I don't want to eat an elephant. Just put that I'm, out there. I'm I would a never... real boy. <laughs> yeah. You could do anything. That's, that's what's so powerful about it. I mean, like for my journey, just being, you know, so you all have been doing this for five years. About a little over a year ago, I mean, we were, I was drinking like heavily. Like that was just, I don't know if it's Kentucky, Tennessee, probably a lot in Virginia too, but. Cool. I mean, literally, uh -huh. didn't think it was not normal to just drink, you know, like at least a pint a day, if not a fifth. And Woo! Yeah. But, I mean, we'd just buy a handle and in two days it'd be gone between like two or three people and you just do it every single day. And, yeah, I guess it could be fun. You get used to it and then you don't feel sick or dehydrated or anything. But as soon as you stop, like there, there came a point where – you know, it was like, okay, I can continue doing this, just working, you know, working a day job. How can you, how can somebody do this forever? Like, is, surely there's something more out there than this. And at that point, there was, you know, my brain wasn't triggered into any type of meditation, any type of visualization. I'd never experienced that other dimension, uh, never really opened myself up to any other opportunities. But I do think that if you do that, like, even if you are sitting there right now and you do not believe at all that you have any capabilities of moving forward and accomplishing something greater than you have in your past, you could have, I don't care what it is, you could have done something amazing in your past or something terrible in your past. You can still do something better if you move forward with the mindset that you can do it better. 
And for me, it was like, well, it was one step at a time. First thing I need to do is to not drink as much, right? Well, how do I do that? Start exercising more because that makes you not want to drink as much, right? Absolutely, yeah. And nice. then when you start exercising more, you're like, okay, well, how can I sustain this? You know, how can I make my joints not hurt as bad? It's like, well, start eating better. And you start eating better, you start feeling really good. You start exercising more. You're exercising a lot. You're like, oh, this is producing more energy. Now I'm eating better. I'm getting even more energy. And then the clarity starts to come into play, right? And then you learn how to use your clarity to, to do other amazing things. Like like by steroids. Yeah, like steroids. I so relate to what you're saying. I just started, um, I talked about it a little bit on one of the um, podcast episodes, but I started doing this thing called the tens and it's just, I just called it the tens because it was 10 like healthy changes I was making and I was trying to hit all 10 a day. And uh, so I just started calling it the tens. And so every day I'm like trying to check off these tens. It was like, that's, that's a good, I mean, that's cool. What can you give us some examples of what's on the list? Yeah, yeah. It was like drink 64 ounces of water a yeah. day. Exercise. I called it circulate. Circulate. Um, one was uh, like getting your, your body's pH like level balanced because like um, sugar and alcohol and caffeine like lower your pH. Yeah. I love coffee. I wasn't willing to give it up. and But I was like you. I, was, I wasn't drinking as much as you, but I was drinking something almost every night, like a glass of wine or two with dinner. And I thought... Yeah, this isn't really helping me in any way. It's not making me healthier. It's not. It's not benefiting me. Really. Makes her a lot more fun, though. I'm a little more fun. Uh, so I just, I just stopped. So I haven't had anything to drink since like March 27th. And really? uh, yeah, yeah, yeah That's I just, awesome. I, just, I stopped. I'm not saying I won't ever drink again, but I was kind of like, well, let me just so see what I can do. Did you give up co- like caffeine too? No, no, I didn't. I still yeah. drink coffee. She doubled up on it. Because that was really I, I, hard for me to like, I had actually had to quit drinking for, so I, I quit drinking for a whole year one time and then I started oh, drinking wow. again. And yeah. now, I mean, I've gotten to a point like where I just don't, because I exercise and eat so much uh, or eat so well and I get up so early and do like my morning routine, you know, I get up at 4.35, yeah. 5.30 a.m. every day. That really, after a certain amount of time, you know, at five or at nine o'clock at night, like, you don't want to be drinking alcohol because you will feel like shit when you wake up. It'll throw your whole day off because you miss all those things in the morning that you want to accomplish. Yeah. Makes um, everything harder. But those yeah. little steps are amazing. Yes. I mean, that's what was like the most enlightening thing about the tens was everything, every little change, uh, positive health change led to another positive change. And like you said, it's like, well, I'm not drinking anymore. And so I realized I was sleeping a lot better. And because I was sleeping better, I was able to get up even earlier, you know, put more into my workouts at the gym. I was fresher for my work for my clients. I mean, everything, it just kind of, uh, kind of snowballed. So yeah. And I'm one of these people, I love to challenge myself. I love to give like myself 30 day challenges and, and I hardly ever do them. Like I hardly ever succeed at them completely, but I don't beat myself up over it because I'm doing more than I would have if the challenge hadn't been there. Sure. The habit is forming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Something interesting that you were saying was um, you quit drinking for a whole entire year after you were you were drinking. Uh, one of the things about um, addiction and um, like also like uh, quitting drinking and stuff like that, the new one of the new theories is that um, – the people that they say like completely abstain from it, you know, that's kind of like an AA kind of thing. They're talking a lot about getting people to actually learn how to actually do it, 
how to actually drink and drink responsibly. Because the, the, the issue is still these people just can't, they're just irresponsible with it. Yeah. And one of the things they were saying was you have to, you have to quit for some amount of time, develop some composure with it. And then they will have people kind of go back into it. And then they actually, by having a clear head, they can actually achieve it and, and do it. And it seems like you, you actually did it, but you, you did it by stopping for a little while. And I think that's friggin' awesome. I, I, I agree with that. I completely agree with if you're going to quit, quit. I mean, if you're going to try to do better, quit, but quit for a little while and then ease back into it. Yeah, I think it, I mean, I think it goes back to self mastery again. Like you have yeah. to beat yourself. You have to master yourself before you can master anything else. Right. Um, it's that decision. It's that it's not even the drinking. It's that one little decision that you have to make when your voice is telling you, "Ooh, I really want that liquor. Or I really want that beer. And that can be the hardest decision in the world. But when you learn how to fight resistance, like when when you when you realize that resistance is an actual real thing, it's a being that's working against you every single day. It wants you to succumb to society. It wants you to be just like everybody else. It wants you to be mediocre. It doesn't want you to succeed because when you succeed, you're channeling your energy to other people and telling them that it's okay to succeed. And it's infectious. I mean, enthusiasm is infectious to people. And resistance hates that. And so when you can do that, when you can make that little decision to to move, to make that, you know, to wake up and to drink the 64 ounces of water, like, I'm just going to do it. No matter how terrible it sounds right now, as soon as you take that first sip of water, it doesn't seem so bad anymore. Like, I've got to run a mile today, right? No matter how terrible that sounds and how awful or groggy you feel, as soon as you take the first step after you put your shoes on, it doesn't seem that hard anymore. I mean, it, it really, the, the immediate pain and the fear, it's like the top of a roller coaster, right? So like you go up that roller coaster and you get to the top and you're scared shitless and it's terrible, but you could get stuck up there forever and it just feels like the world is coming down on your head and most people get stuck there because they go up some route and they want to go farther, but they're at that peak where they feel all that pressure and they just get stuck. And it's miserable to them, and it gives them a bad taste. But really, if they just pushed a little bit farther, they'd go on that downswing and master it. I mean, and literally, that can be one step, right? That can be one step when you're running. That can be one sip of water. It can be that one decision to not make that drink for the night. I got a trick. I want to share it with you Yeah. and everybody listening out there. So uh, a lot of times when you're actually attempting to quit something, like uh, let's say like I'm, I'm working on pot, right? Alcohol too, you know, not, not alcohol, but let's say alcohol is one of these kind of things. What happens is if you're, if you're used to being like, if you're not used to being sober a lot, then when you're trying to be sober, you have this thing where you actually kind of feel a little bored, yeah. like in, in, in the normal consciousness that this is what sobriety feels like and you get anxiety, right? Yeah. So when you feel that way, this is, this is my epiphany that I uh, came to yesterday. Cause I do meditation. So I, if I, when I feel like I'm anxious and it's odd because you're anxious in your sobriety in the, the normal consciousness that you'd have. So I would go and I would meditate and I would like just breathe and just meditate and I would become more centered within myself. And then when I open my eyes and I allow myself to be back in my consciousness, guess what? I am more comfortable in my consciousness because I've centered myself and I've lost or I've, I've kind of subdued that anxiety so if you have the ability like when you're trying to switch anything like that anybody out there listening try to just give yourself a second breathe meditate a little bit when you feel the anxiousness 
You know what's ironic is, it's the same thing as when see people say, yo, when you're having trouble and you feel like you can't take it, you need to pray. It's the same goddamn thing. It you know, it's kind of funny. It really is. Um, and if somebody starts pissing you off and you can't handle shit and somebody cut you off in traffic and you want to scream and throw up your middle finger, a lot of times, you know what people do? They go, God bless you. And that's also that same kind of thing. It's like, hmm. So you guys, when you feel that way, man, try that. Because I really, I really feel like that's helpful. Mm-hmm. It's 100%. Like, I mean, nail it in the mind. That's exactly what I do. You, you take that five... So even people think that meditation, you, you're like out in the woods, you're, you know, in some other world for 45 minutes to an hour or something ridiculous. Literally, you can do a meditation in one minute if you breathe. It's about channeling your breath, concentrating on nothing but your breath. If you do that for one minute, I guarantee you that anxiety will drop. You will feel so much better. But when you take it to the next level, you do five minutes and like Kim Nickel has that amazing five five mindful minutes series where she just has five different meditations of five minutes each through strength, through mind, through body, uh, through concentrating on your breath and things like that. But if you do one of those things every time, yeah, I feel like the urge does go away. You don't feel as bored and then that clarity comes back. Right. And you can do your steroids or you can uh, (laughs) get my decision. Uh, The only reason I do steroids is because I'm obsessed with Arnold and I really want a mustache, but it's just not, it's not working for me. Got to get your mustache. You need to work on maybe taking some, you know, manafadil or something like that. You know, you're looking like people me. <laughs> yeah, that's my, that might be the best one I've ever heard. Oh, geez. <laughs> so realistic. Yeah. Like I, and if you all haven't, so I've said this before, but if you want to read a book that will teach you a million lessons in one, read his autobiography. Man, that guy is brilliant. I mean, he's a I've visualization master. Yeah, he might have been the most he might have been the most focused person ever. Like he just, definitely defined his goals. Like he knew mm-hmm. that he was going to be in Hollywood. Like oh, he, he, he I'm fucking my mate. Everything. Yeah, that's one thing. It's funny because in the book he talks about he you know, he talks about how much he loves his wife still and like he wishes anything he could have her back and stuff at the end. But when he talks about that that whole banging the maid thing, uh, he just completely is like, oh, I. I must have done it. You know, things just got out of hands. He's, but since it wasn't focused, you know, it wasn't a part of what my focus was, I completely forgot about it. You know, I just shoved it to the back and never thought about it again. He's like, and then 20 years later, you know, this kid or eight years later, this kid comes out looking like me and it's, you know. Wow. <laughs> so like, that's the way he dealt with things. So like when his parents, when his father died, when his brother died, he literally, because it wasn't part of what he was focusing on with his vision, he channeled it to the background. And didn't even let it get to him. And then later in life would look back on it and be like, wow, you know, maybe I should have, you know, maybe these are, these are two big mistakes for not, but he wanted to get to his goals. Right. He, he was, he was wow. focused. Yeah. He wouldn't go to his father's funeral because it was like eight weeks before Mr. Olympia. <laughs> so when his dad died, he was just like, nah, I can't do wow. it. Sorry, dad. Talk about compartmentalizing something that is extreme. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, you know what? The, the, all this stuff, all this stuff is super helpful for for anybody out there. And like, I think that we use this stuff on a regular basis, like to get the motivation. Like, you know, because you don't every once in a while, man, you you feel tired. And you're like, man, I kind of, you know, I kind of, uh, I'm tired, but I still got to record a podcast and whatnot. Yeah. This stuff is is it allows you to to um, sharpen your saw. 
you know, so that you can get back out there and keep doing it. And those are the things that I think has given us the ability to to maintain over this amount of time. You know, these these. I mean, I I don't think I could because I look now and I say, yeah, I can accomplish more between. 4 a.m. and 7 a.m. than I did my entire day before, right? But then I look at my day as a whole. And so I have a day job where I literally drive eight to 10 hours a day. And I get up before my day job and I do my morning routine where I really get, the first thing I do is, is meditate and exercise. I'll read for a little bit. I'll write for a little bit. Um, and I do a lot of creative thinking and planning my day. I do my whole visualization process for the day. I carry around a note card with my vision for the day based off a of vision for the long term. But then when I get home from work, you know, from 5 to 10 p.m. at night, I've got certain things that I have to do to get accomplished. And you all know that doing a show, doing podcasting through through the guests that come on, through the website and the, sh- and the notes that you put up online and spreading it on social media, that is not something that can be done by just spending like an hour a week on. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's a lot of work to do. And so between that and then I do websites on the side for just a side company that I've had for a couple of years. Um, I was in school one day a week f- to try to learn iOS development, which I <laughs> I found that I'm more of a outside creative. Not nece- I shouldn't be the one that's handling the codes. I promise you that. Um, but then like learning the guitar, like I've picked up that one 20 to 25 minutes every single day. And I'm so much better than I was for the first 10 years I played. I've learned more since January 1st this year than I did that entire time. Like it's just nuts. So that kind of stuff to me is all because I learned how to do the meditation and the visualizing. I know where my day is going to begin and end. I know what I have to put in to get to that point down the road. And I don't think it takes very long for people to to get that I guess you would, what would you call it? Like a certainty you, you get, you get a sense, like it's kind of hard to describe, but you know, things are going in the right direction after a certain amount of time, because those things that you thought weren't possible before become reality, right? Like I used to think, man, I would really love to do a podcast. I listen to some of these podcasts and these people seem like, you know, they're amazing. And like, I'd really love to not have debt, but I have $15,000 in debt and there's no way to get out of it. Well, it just takes that one step that I talked you about too? earlier. Yeah. Like <laughs> 15, 15, 15 days later, you know, I had 10 podcasts already recorded because I decided I had to do it. You ask one person, you put them in there, you have to release it, right? Go for it. Give yourself something to be accountable for. And then the debt thing, I mean, literally this year, I've never saved money very well at all. I've always spent it. I don't know. I always like, oh, I'm just ba- barely making enough to what I have in bills, right? Well- right. This year, I've learned a little bit differently because I set a goal, two goals really last year. Um, the big one was to grow a creative network because I wanted to be able to travel the world freely and I didn't know anybody. So now I've created a network of people all over the world going to Thailand in a week, which I cannot wait for, right? I have friends everywhere. I could travel the world and stay places for free and know what to do. But then this year, the big one was I need to pay off my debt so that I don't feel financially slaved. Right. I don't feel like I have to go and get, you know, tied up and ass reamed and beat and just end up face down, pants down in the bushes every night. I want to pay off this fifteen thousand dollars debt. So like I literally made a system where and this came from from like, you know, being mindful and, and getting a life coach and she helps me with a lot of these things, but uh we made a system and 
every time I make a purchase, it's the same kind of thing. And like meditation doesn't have to be closing your eyes and thinking. It can be playing games throughout the day. Like you can say, it, it's gonna it's gonna develop your brain in areas you would never imagine. So before I make any purchase, I automatically think in my head, okay, well, do I need this? Is it an asset or is it a liability? Is it going to contribute to money working for me or am I going to have to work to make money to pay for this thing, right? And I'll take that money when I don't make, I'll make the decision not to do it and I'll flood that over into a savings account and I'll record what it was that I didn't purchase or what it was that I didn't buy. And just through May 1st, so my goal is $15,000 this year. I had $7,800 saved up. Wow. I took that money. My goal was to pay off like my car, my basement, like all these loans that I had. I took that money. I paid the car off. I took that money. I paid the basement off. So now I have a small sum still in the savings, but I don't have that interest that's gaining every day on those two loans. And now I, and now the money that that's going to save from paying those off for the rest of the year is going to take care of another you know third of that whole chunk by the end of the year. So I'm really only have to spend or I only have to save like another four grand to hit my goal. And that is insane because I set originally, I was like, I need to pay this off in five years. Within five months, I was able to knock out about half of that just from playing with what I've learned from meditation. I mean, just from being mindful about the situations that I'm in. Love it. Like, Love it's it. so powerful. It's crazy. Wait, it's powerful. Dude, you got to get some gold teeth with that extra money, dog. Gold Dude, teeth. I had some gold teeth, but they, I think they get broke. It. They're Rills. in the bar top downstairs. I, I also oh. built a bar because I was loved drinking, and now I just use it as a standing desk. I do have a <laughs> I do have a stout, a, a very good cocoa stout on there right now, which I do indulge in every once in a while. Uh, I love it. I mean, I love craft beer, but I'm not down there, you know, with my wang hanging out on the floor and drool coming out of all orifices of my body or anything every night. Dude, you're disappointing me. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> I, um, you, you know what? I, I have a, a, I was looking at like my, my finances and whatnot recently, and I'm always trying to like break things down as well. And I looked at what I would have to do to pay off my loans. And I, it was like, if I just put a hundred dollars a week in each one of the different, um, student loans, credit card, most people have these same kind of things, hundred dollars a week. Um, once I, I would, I would finish paying off my credit card and like, I don't know. With only $100, a couple of months. And then after that, then I could take that 100 roll it back into my uh, student loans. I'd be done paying the stuff off in like two years if I just put $100 a week on it. And it was just – I just took the time. I did a little math. I'm an art person, so it was really hard. But uh, I, I, just, I just saw it. I saw that, and I've been sticking to it. And, man, I'm ahead of my bills right now. And it feels great. And now I'm spending my extra money on Popeye's fried chicken. <laughs> Winning. Winning. <laughs> Winning. Winning. It was delicious. Popeyes. I love Popeyes. Yeah, they have I them love- down. They have them down in Tennessee. I don't think they have them in Kentucky. We got churches or something, or Bojangles, or what do you guys got? Controlled by. Uh, they do have. Well, they have Bojangles KFC. down south. They just have KFC here, man. Right, you gotta have KFC. <laughs> yeah, they can't let anything else in. KFC They're there. very in Lee's. It's like a knockoff of KFC. But, you know, you're talking about people that are you, – you aren't in a far state, so it's very similar there. But, you know, the general population here is – you know, they probably eat there every day, three times a day, in a wow. whole bucket each. 
Hmm. Oh, no. I just get the bona fide box now. It's awesome. You get, well, you know what? I got to ask Jen a question. Like, uh, Uh-oh. Jen. Yes. You, um, you're doing the, you're doing the big work and that's starting the DC podcast festival. Oh, the DC Podfest? Yeah. I said podcast. I'm sorry. I'm very formal. No, you can call me <laughs> Timothy Trueheart. You don't want to call me Tim. Okay. Uh, changing things. So, uh, like, uh, this was a thought in your head, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, that's like a lot of things. Like, if you if you, if you you want something, it doesn't exist, you can always make it happen, right? So As soon I, as you think it, it starts to exist. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm really passionate about podcasting. I love the platform. I love listening to podcasts. I love making a podcast. I, I just really believe in it. And... I wanted to uh, course, kind of bring more people together that felt the way I do or create a situation where I could, you know, evangelize the Matriarch. platform. Yeah. So, so I'm organizing DC PodFest, so we'd love for you to come. Uh, you're not too far of a road trip for you. In Washington, D.C., November 6th through the 8th. Woo! So it's happening. It's like a little mini conference kind See, of. See, I like you all. It's That's like far enough away to where it's probably completely possible. You can plan. Open You're not going calendar. to podcast movement, are you? To what? Are you going to podcast movement? And- no, no. It's in yeah. Dallas. I'm, yeah. I'm worried about Dallas though right now. You know, uh, Heath, because in Dallas, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, these knuckleheads did that, uh, let's draw Muhammad. They did it in that city, like right outside Dallas. And um, they were like, let's draw Muhammad. And then these guys, like, uh, they went there and they ended up, uh, these, you know, Missing. they ended up actually shot. Yeah. You know, did they shoot a bunch? Did they brought like, like fully automatic weapons down there? They did. And they actually put some stuff on their social media earlier that day. Like, we have sharpened the swords and blood is going to be shed. And uh, only one person, other than the bad guys, I'm saying bad guys. Yeah, I'm going to call you a bad guy, okay? <laughs> you know why? Because um, you don't come to an art show and start shooting people. And they shot somebody in, like, the ankle or something. I think something. they shot the cop, one of the cops. I th- yeah, I think one random, like, white dude got shot. Like, um, But then, like, that parking, the parking, like, patrol dude, didn't he come in with a handgun and just shoot them both in the head? If you're in Texas, you know, everybody's got a gun. I hear the babies, they get them, they have them in the incubators. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, um, you don't want to go... <laughs> That's scary, man. But it, thankfully, that they missed. So obviously, they didn't know how to use their weapons, or something was stopping them, right? But that's just—it's just a terrible situation. What happened was Allah didn't actually believe the shit that they were doing, so he guided the bullets elsewhere. And um, <laughs> ironically enough, uh, there was like a tornado, and um, it just kind of like rolled right through that general area just yesterday and crushed like a town like seventy miles south of Dallas. So. Uh, nothing against Dallas, but uh, what is, you know, dumb shit. Crazy world. Crazy stuff. Crazy. Their visualizations were not, they were not kosher. <laughs> Yeehaw, ladies and gentlemen. It's me back with you today. I want you to go out there and check yourselves out a little bit of an audio book on Amazon Audible. You go to artsandnow.com forward slash book. You can get yourself a tootin' smokin' free audiobook for you, for your kin. You can learn yourself. You can learn your children. You can learn everybody around you. Next time Mamie comes down from the park, she wants to blame you. 
for not knowing nothing. You can pull out that free audiobook and tell her everything that you learned today. You're a smart man. You get a little bit smarter. ArchieNow.com forward slash book. 30-day free trial. Free audiobook. Ta-ta! Don't bring violence into your visualizations. Bring violence into your visualizations. What were the dates again? November 6th through the 8th. Oh, okay, cool. And it's a weekend, so that's awesome. Bring some of your stout. I'm putting it in there. <laughs> I will. Dude. So, let me... So, are you really a trailer park survivor? Yeah. Are you? No, unfortunately not. But I have been in a trailer once when this one guy, his name was Archie, and he was like a bowling ball. And he was a friend of somebody I worked with, and he had a dog. And the dog shit in the trailer over and over again, and he never cleaned it up. Ah. And we went in there for about three seconds. And I was like, oh! And he was just casually hanging out in there like it was no big deal that this entire trailer was filled with dog defecation. See, we started with defecation, and then we ended with defecation. That is so gross. Archie, no! Yeah, trailer park living is uh, unique. I mean, it's a different kind of world. It's a different culture. I've never been to D.C., Oh, what? Oh, well, you've got to come. Dude, you'd love it here. I think you guys really are the first people I've had on this show from D.C. Or like what? similar to closely, if you claim D.C. Or, or if you don't. Clearly, we're not actually a uh, typical D.C. Uh, archetype when you think of like D.C. We are the creatives. We're the outsiders, you know? Because a lot of people think about D.C. And when you think of I'm thinking of a guy. C.I.A. Taliban. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, politicians, politicians, lawyers, government employees, um, you know, people that were in the military and they're very uh, suits, gray suit, blue suit, black suit, no other colors, power suit. I wore a yellow tie once, once because I saw the president do it. (laughs) Yeah, we'll we'll show you around town. Yeah, that's cool. I put it in there. So hopefully your visualization will come to life when you beast it out. I know you will. I know you will. All right, so we might have to do an episode two on this because obviously we have a lot to talk about and we have been parading through time as fast as I've ever... I mean, it feels like it's just been flying, man. I can't believe it's seven. I know, I know. I was just looking at, you know, we're uh, we're recording our own podcast after this, like right after, so... Yeah, so... We're like so ambitious. <laughs> well, while, <laughs> while I have you on, you, you all have talked to... I mean, you've been doing this for five years. You've talked to all these amazing people. Can you remember any of the most intriguing, most interesting people that you've had on and what they were sort of about as a person, um, what made them that way by any chance? Because you talk to some weird, you kind of, you guys are so random. Um, it's always something completely different. So I'm just curious because I've not gone through five years worth of stuff and listened to it. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know. Well, when you first ask that, it's like I just have like a sea of people like going through my, like flashing through my, my mind. Um, I'm trying to think of, are you asking for any specific, like a specific person to stand out or just like general impressions? I can give you like traits, just, character just, traits. Just anything. I'm just wondering. You know, one, one thing that, that you've learned that is stuck to you or anything. Just hardworking, self-motivated people like are the one thing that I consistently see. And then of those people, cause the, every, most everybody that comes on the show is a hardworking, motivated person. But, um, the people that seem to be the most successful are the ones that are persistent. They stick at it. And then they also, um, they have a positive attitude and they're honestly easy to get along with. 
I would say the one thing that sticks out with me with creatives that I really am drawn to is that they're very authentic people. Mm. Like there's mm-hmm. no mask. There's no, you know, yeah. like I think when you're talking to people, you know, like a lawyer or a doctor, there's like this professional persona or status that, they, that they've learned to, <laughs> little guy, uh, that they've learned to put on. And artists just don't, they don't do that at all. They're just, uh, they're very comfortable with who they are and they don't really, com- <laughs> they don't really compromise that, which is, really cool and I think it makes me very comfortable around them because I Mm -hmm. there's no doubt that what I'm getting from them is just absolute honesty and truth so and I don't think I've like really even gotten that like it's hard you know you're so many you play so many different roles you know you're you're with clients you know your work clients and then you know your mother-in-law you're one person and so for some reason I think artists are just really good at just always being like themselves at all times. I think taking advantage of what they love about themselves and their personality and utilizing it to do something else. That's amazing. But obviously the persistence, they've, they've got to be involved with that and being able to, to sustain, you know, whether it be through meditation, but most of the time it's like, you'll notice that the people who are really successful, they have that reset in some way, whether it's, turning off all electronics and spending time with their family and friends on the weekend or meditating or whatever it is, you can't go 24 seven, seven. I mean, like just nonstop. Cause I've tried it. <laughs> Believe me, <laughs> It might feel like it's working for like a week. And then you realize that it's really not good. Like you can be way more productive and happy. If you, if you take that time to refresh and just sit back, relax and not punish your brain. Uh, too much. I mean, I, I think that it all ends with being able to, I guess, drum down to the core of like why you were doing it in the first place. And even for for me, I'm always trying to figure out how I can get better and, and get more detailed on something, find out what really is the root of why I want to be dealing with it. And so I always, I've mentioned like, yeah, you know, we've been downsizing, we've really been minimizing. But then even though I've gotten rid of, you know, 75% of my things, I'll still come home and be like, oh my gosh, like, why do I have so much stuff? Right. Or, or I'll talk to somebody who's like truly as minimal as you can get, who has enough belongings to fit in a backpack. And it, and then you start thinking like, well, who am I to say that I'm, I'm minimal when there's somebody like this, or there's these people that have to live minimally without even wanting right. it. Right. They, they, that's all they know. And so I think that you just, I think you just always have to be on that path to get a little bit better at what you're doing and, and always understand it a little bit better than you did the day before. Why so you are gotta you doing this? that kayak? Yeah, yeah. Like not just <laughs> you two kayaks. Hmm. Yeah. Not, <laughs> not, not just like take something and, and roll with it, you know? Like yeah. actually actually know why you're doing it and, and continue to drill in why you're doing it. Um, cause I think it, yeah, if I say that I wanted to learn how to paint and master painting and I start painting and that's, that's all good and done, but like, why, why would I want to do that? What, what is it going to do to benefit the self? Right. So right. good questions, Heath. Good questions. Um, yeah. Okay. So have you, have you ever, have either of you ever found yourself kind of in a dark room crying, uh, pooping your pants, watching Michael Jackson videos late night or anything? Oh yeah, for sure. I've uh, similarly um, been in a dark room, butt naked, eating yogurt, watching Oprah. 
But uh, yeah, I, I've been there, and and you know what I did? I, I tried to imagine like how things could get better, and what is bigger than me? Like, what can I do that's bigger than me that really hells a positive thing for the world? Because that is what will actually bring you the most. Honestly, uh, I don't. It sounds worse to say, but fame and notoriety. You doing a service to the world. What what is that? For me, it might actually be teaching, you know? I, I don't know exactly what it is, but doing that one thing. Uh, you know what? There's all these different parts of you that, that like, are you? Like, you're a podcaster. You write e-books. You, 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 you're, you know, you're, you're a son. You're a brother. Take all these different things and all your life experiences and each one of those categories and t- treat them like pieces of steel and, and hold them over one another and hammer them back out and then create this one thing, which is you. And that's your samurai sword. And w- then wield that like a master. But, you know, take those things and, and always try to fold them, fold the steel back on itself. And eventually this will become a sword that can cut like, you know, 10 men in half, you know, and that's what I think. Is that what you yeah. use to open the yogurt? <laughs> I, uh, I actually use the, uh, I'm taking the Activia challenge right now. <laughs> You and Jamie Lee Kirk. Yeah. Uh, that spot? And that, not really. No, no, I'm pretty, pretty good. No, I, right when the sound, when the sound closed, I gave myself 24 hours to be like upset about it. But then I was like, you got to pick yourself up, girl. You got to keep going. Yeah, we on, all have our, we all have our problems, right? I do like that. You hammer, hammer it down, and and you can. Who doesn't want a sword? You now, who does? Yeah. Absolutely. Use that sword. Well, if you if you all had to battle Godzilla, yes, oh, yes, the, the final question. How would you use your creativity, or your randomness, or your talents, or your blackness, or whiteness, yes. uh-huh. to defeat that big crazy bastard? Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay, I got it. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to use the power of blackness to unite all of my African brothers and sisters and not have a million-man march, but a 50 million um, African march. And then, you know what? When you get that many black people in one area, I don't give a fuck how big your your, your fucking reptilian ass is. You're going to go the other way. Intimidate Godzilla. Godzilla's gonna be like, oh shit, and you know what? There's gonna be a, a billion niggas walking around in alligator shoes. That's what you're gonna see the next day. I'm gonna take a different approach. <laughs> I'm gonna take a different approach with Godzilla because I love animals. <laughs> and I think that all you have to do to, pre- to befriend a creature or a human is to find a commonality. Uh-huh. And I've always said I have freakishly short arms. Like when we're playing cards, I can't deal because my arms are too short. It's very humiliating. So I've always felt a little infinity, you know, affinity to uh, Godzilla. He has short arms, right? He's like yeah. a T-Rex. He's yeah. a T-Rex, right? So I would just be like, hey, look, I've got short arms too. And he'd be like, <laughs> and then we'd hug each other with our little mini arms. <laughs> and then I'd get on his back and we'd ride into the sunset. <laughs> Best friends forever. Oh my God. You guys, now you have to apologize for my VA for making her type out the longest Godzilla answers of all time for the for the <laughs> website post. Gojira! <laughs> I need to get some of those alligator shoes, man. Hell yeah. I need a Godzilla saddle. Dyed pink gators, my Detroit players. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right, so in, in closing, <laughs> I guess, you guys are awesome. Seriously. Amazing. Uh, I definitely need yeah, to come up you. there. I'm sure there's probably not a lot of reason that you would want to come down to Kentucky, but you never know. I'm coming down. I'd do it. I'm coming uh, down. 
what out of all i guess your principle just being so random why do you think being random is so is so important why do you think just being yourself like unique in general if there's anybody out there listening if there's anybody at all what what do you think being yourself and and not giving into this whole materialistic celebrity this and that uh trendy you have to do what your friends are doing type of lifestyle like why follow as young as you can possibly be follow your heart your passion what what would you say like why i want to be happy and i know that i'm gonna be the best at being me and honestly i have a a a need to to be free and to, to, to be unencumbered by, by other people. And, uh, I, I have to do it. So, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm Tim Trueheart. Like I'm, I'm pretty sweet, like as it is, I got, I, I don't know why I have a cool name. People like me. So like, I just got to be myself, you know? And if I, if I'm trying to be anybody else, then I'm going to come off fake and you can't be fake when you're fucking Trueheart. Can't be a fake. Gotta be, gotta be real. You gotta be real, you know? So that's, it, it, it was, I was, I was, I was made that way. Yeah, yeah I, I don't understand why anyone would want to be like everyone else. I mean, that's kind of what makes you special. Everyone's unique, right? We're all special snowflakes. I mean, we're just like snowflakes. Everybody's, you know. We're just a big silly every- goose. Yeah. Just a big just old a, silly goose. A big old silly goose, little precious snowflake. But, I mean, if, when you get comfortable being your real self, assuming you're not like a, a serial killer, that you're, you know, like most people, a good person. Thanks for noticing. <laughs> you can challenge into your true self. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're going to attract the people that should be in your life. You're going to do the things. That is so disturbing. <laughs> it's a podcast so nobody can see he's making this uh, serial killer face. Godzilla's not liking it either. But I'm scared now and I'm going to have a nightmare. But yeah, of course. I mean, you want to celebrate your uniqueness. I mean, that, I mean, it's what the world, it's what makes the world go round. Yeah, that's I, what we teach. That's why we bring these shows together and have amazing people like you on. Uh, I, I, I think that still the biggest part of it is that there is that fear. But the the best part about it is you can use that fear to fuel your creativity. That same exact feeling that you get from fear can be channeled into a more positive energy uh, to defeat fear as we know it, right? Like the roller coaster we talked about earlier. You can get to the top of that roller coaster with that fear, but it's that same exact energy that's going to push you over the top. And if you learn how to utilize it correctly, you won't have stress. You won't have fear. You won't have anxiety because you are learning how to manage it in the way that's going to help mm-hmm. you. Um, it, you can channel it into your creativity. You can make your paintings more intense. You can put your emotions into something else. It doesn't have to be crippling yourself, right? So that's what that's they. Right. If you if you listen to the episode with uh, Anna JH from Creativity.com, we kind of tackle that that whole subject, and it's a, it's a super fascinating thing. So. Listen to that day. Good episode. Yeah, I was listening to it too as well. Pre-oddity. Great name. Fold that fear back in and use it. Keep in mind that some roller coasters aren't safe. You could plummet to your death. What's wrong with wood? I like wood. What are the termites doing? Have you ever like gotten on a roller coaster and then you go to lift up the safety bar and it's not locked? And you're like, are they about to start? Are they about to start? It's a little loose. <laughs> hey, excuse me. My lock bar is not down. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> A little freaky. There's, but I'm on the roller coaster. Hands up. Hands up. 
what kind of amusement parks you got up there? Six Flags. We got a uh, King's Dominion. We got a Six Bush Flags. Garden. That's right. That's the one Six I've been to. I've been up to Bush. Flags. I've been to those. Yeah. Yeah. Six Flags. Yeah. yeah. Is there Adventure World? Is it still around? The no. Adventure oh, World? Adventure World. Isn't that the Cal, Cal Ripken Jr. Like so we, got Kings, we got Kings Island, and then yeah, it's about it. King. Right. Yeah. Well, he, you have a friend in uh, DC now. Two. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Two and friends. then, uh, come on through, yo. I'll show you my hood. We'll do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll show you the monuments. Uh-huh. I will. I mean, hopefully, we can get up there even before November. Although that'll be here before we know it. But yeah, uh, maybe we could pass the bill while you're here. Yeah. So, so where where can uh where can the listeners find you all? Uh, Getting time to. I know you. They can search Jelly Vision Podcast. I know it's on iTunes. We'll put yeah. all the links in the show notes as well. But uh, yeah, the Jelly Vision Show Podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Podbean. Uh, JellyVisionShowPodcast.com. We have a blog uh, which goes into more in-depth uh, subject matter based on the topics of our show. I'm behind. I'm like three or four weeks behind. It's taking me forever to write these blog posts. They keep getting longer it's and tough. longer. It's tough working. I, you can it's like you write, and then all of a sudden it's. Like I did that one on making more time for creating, and literally within two days, I had 28 pages, and I was just like, "Whoa, no, this is I'm ridiculous!" I'm turning it into an ebook. I'm like, "This post is going to be an ebook." Whoa. <laughs> this is too long. I'm always on that fence. I'm like, "Should I release it as a post for like keyword benefits, or should I make it an ebook?" And then it's like, uh, "You always make the wrong decision." I think. Yeah, yeah, you got to make the wrong decision. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Tim Trueheart, T I M. T R U E H E A R T. And then, uh, you know, from there, you can find my website, timtrewer.com, and all that other good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I love I'll, you guys. I'll put Tim's cell phone number in the, um, in the show notes, and he, he'll send, he sends some pretty epic selfies. Um, uh, you know, clothes or not clothes. Below the waist and the, uh, above the waist. Dude, yogurt. I got like 20 body fat here. <laughs> yogurt and Oprah. And alligator shoes only. It's it's pretty impressive stuff. So, everybody, seriously, you can be as creative as you want. Uh, whether you're pounding liquor, doing improv, running around with your pants down, watching Oprah while pooping and eating yogurt. Uh, once you get that sword out and pound out all your all your amazing talents that you were born with, and all the other talents that you can create yourself just by putting your mind to it that sword will defy gravity it will take you to levels that you've never been to worlds that you've never discovered and to dimensions that your nipples have never specked the 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 windy (laughs) air love it and for some reason pocahontas was popping into my head there so that's a cutie right there but break the rules but first break the rulers and tim (laughs) jelly Thank you so much for being the entrepreneurs now. Always remember to keep it heady. That's right. Thank you. Thanks, Heath. And funky. Put the fun in funky. The first four episodes I said heady and nobody knew what it was, so I changed it to funky. That's a good word. Keep it funky, French. Keep it heady. All right, we'll be in touch about you coming on our show soon. Yes, you made it through because you are a champion just like Jenny, just like Tim, and I. 
Captain Champion. If you want to carry on, all the episodes behind this are, in fact, amazing. If you didn't hear the Doctor's Robin Janelle one, you absolutely should. If you didn't hear Bree Seeley before then, unbelievable. If you're in Divisions, if you didn't hear Tucker Max, well, that one's just a given. Gotta listen. Butt chugging, baby torture, making like millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars writing. Yeah, all that good stuff. Check them out. Also, if you all like the look of the website, artsynow.com, and you want a free guide on how to make your site just like it with pretty much absolutely no experience needed, you can go to artsynow.com forward slash website, and you'll get a free 15-part video course on how to uh, create your own website exactly like artsynow.com. Uh, literally, you don't need any experience. This is something that I've had a lot of people email me about. They want to know how. Uh, you don't have to be a coder. You don't have to have talent. Just check it out, artsynow.com forward slash website. Other than that, I hope that you all do something crazy, do something funky, pull your pants down, run around, flop the ding-dongs around. For anybody out there that I have failed to offend, I sincerely apologize. I hope you have a good one. Until next time, ta-ta! Thank you for listening to another episode of The Arch of Her Newer Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on Twitter at HB underscore Armstrong. The music? Well, that's shaky feeling. Check them out. Ventura, California. Ta-ta! Keep it funky.